And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Today is Tuesday, June the 16th. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Hey, Joel, I'm doing good. I'm coming at you as usual from Brooklyn, New York. Uh... Not so much of a hot take, but a little COVID-19 update from New York City, the epicenter of the outbreak. Or not anymore, actually. We're one of the few states that's doing well right now. But something strange that's happening is that we are in the middle of June right now, and there have been fireworks going off in this city like it's the 4th of July every night for like two weeks now. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. I, uh, you know, listeners of the podcast will remember when I was talking about all the dead rats on the street. Yeah. It used to be like another manifestation of like coronavirus. Uh, I don't know. People like maybe we're trying to save fireworks for the 4th of July and now they're blasting them all off because they've just been inside for so long and there's nothing else to do. Maybe it's like protest organizers are bringing boxes of fireworks in from out of state to just blast off at all times. I don't know. Yeah, my experience has always been that living in Chicago and Champaign, that you have 4th of July, and then people keep shooting off fireworks for weeks afterwards. Right, because they didn't blast them all off on 4th of July. Right. Because they got too drunk. Because they well, got here, it's like it's like a three week thing, right? It's like a week and a half before Fourth of July and a week and a half after Fourth of July, usually. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, something's going on. Yeah. No, something is definitely going on because it's not. It's <clears throat> like it goes all day too. It's like not even. It's like the Chinese New Year. It's just mm. like firecrackers all day long. <clears throat> Quick question. You know, it might be protest related to like maybe try to get more gunshot calls to police to like spread them out. I don't know. But like the thing is, is that fireworks and gunshots sound very different. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. If that's the idea, then the people behind that don't get it because sure, the police will know the difference and the locals will know the right, difference. Yeah, people in Brooklyn know the difference. Yeah. Gunshots are much more angry sounding. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, repetitive? I don't know if that's the right word. Like pop, 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 pop kind of sound. Oh, yeah. If it's a you semi automatic thing. Yeah. Versus like <laughs> fireworks and more boom. Right. It's like yeah. a crack versus a boom situation. Yeah. yeah. Also, gunshots are so much louder. They are. They're way louder. Yeah. We have, we've had lots of gun violence here lately. And, you know, about two weeks ago, I remember being woken up in the middle of the night by persistent gunfire. That was, that was frightening. That is frightening. Yeah. Like somebody, like two people were definitely shooting back and back and forth against each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary. It is scary. Scary and sad. 
Did you guys get um, a Black Lives Matter uh, stencil on Fulton Ave? Or one of the avenues in Brooklyn? Maybe. I haven't, I haven't seen I it. I remember reading I haven't been there. Maybe, probably on Flatbush. Probably on Flatbush, yeah. yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was one fun fact about this. Uh, they put one on State Street in Vermont, outside of the Capitol, right in front of the Capitol. Well, all the black people live in Vermont. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Vermont, which is the whitest state in the country. Yeah. I love Vermont. We we all love Vermont. Yeah, it's a a great state. Bernie Sanders is the whitest state in the country. Right. But they did. They, they They put a very nice Black Lives Matter mural on the street, on the street in front of the state house, running the entire length of the state house lawn. Oh, and cool. it was like um, huge and sanctioned, and it was it was like a big beautiful thing, and it was there for less than twenty four hours before <laughs> it was uh, completely defaced and like covered with anti Black Lives Matter graffiti in Vermont. Uh, Come in on, Vermont, yeah. The interesting thing about it is that all of the graffiti was done on the sidewalk, right? Like they didn't put it on the actual mural of Black Lives Matter on the street. It was all on the sidewalk in front of it. And then uh, they like shoveled in dirt and mud and covered up the V in Black Lives Matter. Black so, Lies so Matter. Said Black Lives Matter, yeah. Interesting. So that was like Yeah. Uh, getting us more off task. Who's the governor of Vermont right now? Oh, fuck. You know? I do, but I'm drunk right now. Uh, he's a Republican. Yeah. NASCAR driver. Really? Yeah. Wow. NASCAR um, has actually, like, Shown up for Black Lives Matter this last week, which I, I was amazed out of the blue. Yeah, they're like, no, y'all gotta stop bringing Confederate flags to our thing. Yeah, <laughs> that that's gonna stop. They like released a video supporting it, featuring the one black. Bill Scott. Bill Scott. I'm sorry. Scott. No, no, no worries. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. New England politics are interesting like that. You know, yeah. like, Massachusetts has a Republican governor. Vermont got a Republican governor. Maryland, you know, not New England, but Northeast. Maryland has a Republican governor. Like Maryland is a pretty Republican state, though, I feel like, outside not, of Baltimore. Not presidential. Not, they, they, like, they are one of the safest blue states in the country. Right. Like top four, probably safest blue states in the for presidential election. Well, it's because like most of their population is. Well, Baltimore. you've got yeah, you got black people and then liberal whites, like professional class white collar white collar white people. Right. And that's like the Democratic uh, coalition essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like California is a safe blue state. They've got. Them. But but like these states, these these northeastern states, like before the 
until very recently, New England was a Republican stronghold. It was not be, Vermont, though. It was. No, it was. But because there was such a creature as a liberal Republican, you could be like, oh, I'm a Republican and I'm a liberal. Oh, yeah. Well, and, uh, like yeah. Vermont Republicans and Vermont Democrats are like very close together. Yes, that's what I was, and, yeah. And like that is why Bernie Sanders like exists is because a lot of his stances are like he's like fringe left but also like fringe right on certain yeah. things. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, and also, like, you know, all of the rich people in Vermont are, like, not from Vermont. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a big small state thing. You know, growing up in Oregon, you know, folks from California keep moving in and changing the culture of Oregon. Right. Uh, you know, Vermont and New Hampshire have similar attitudes towards rich people from Massachusetts and New York. Right. But there's no industry in Vermont, really, to right. draw immigration or whatever trans-state immigration is. There. I was looking that up. That's interesting. Uh, Vermont median income is actually a lot lower than New Hampshire or Maine. Yeah. Uh, which I, I was surprised about because... Well, I wasn't surprised about New Hampshire because I know about, like, the coastal cities in New Hampshire and, like, the tourist cities in New Hampshire. But well, Maine there's surprised. also, like, no taxes in New Hampshire. So yeah, New Hampshire is a crazy libertarian state. Yeah. A lot yeah. of, uh, there's a lot of people who run their businesses, like, quote, unquote, out of New Hampshire. Uh, uh, interesting. And a lot of people who, like, claim New Hampshire as their home state who don't actually like occupy that space, you know? Well, because I was wondering about that because, you know, New Hampshire and Maine in the in the presidential election will probably go for the Democrat, but not like they're kind of swingy. Like right. Trump could win in New Hampshire. He could well, win Maine. He Smith, probably, and West, Smith and Wesson is out of New Hampshire, right? I don't know. Okay, I believe one of one of the like gun, major gun one of the biggest major U.S. gun man, manufacturing is like in New Hampshire, and mm -hmm. that's like where so much money for the state comes from. Right, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, because like Vermont. The socialist agrarian utopia of Vermont. Right. Vermont yeah. is like such high taxes. And New Hampshire has like no taxes. No taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you want to talk about baseball? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to talk about like shady business practices. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because like there is no baseball to talk about here. <laughs> You keep saying we're going to talk about baseball. <laughs> and we never talk about baseball because there's no fucking there baseball. There is no baseball, about. you know. Go and see dinos, man. What, are you off the Wyverns bandwagon They're now? second to last in the league. <laughs> Next to the heroes, right? Eagles. Oh, Eagles. The Eagles. Right, the Eagles. Eagles yeah. Just ended their 18-game losing streak. <laughs> 
Yeah, dude, join me. On I'm the not. I'm getting empty dinos bandwagon. I would like to just say for the record that I chose the dinos as my yeah. team before the first pitch was thrown. So, <laughs> based on team names alone, so yeah. I would, I'd like credit for that. Credit given, definitely. You definitely deserve credit for that. Yeah. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be our third installation of hashtag your owner sucks. Right. When, because there's no baseball going on, we're going to talk about how much the owners of baseball teams suck. Check out, we've done two installments before this. The first one was actually about the NFL's Cleveland Browns, the Haslam family. It's not just baseball. It's baseball, but I wanted to bring this up, Sam, because given the ongoing labor dispute this summer, I think we should probably be focusing on what shit bags these MLB owners right. actually do. Yeah. Don't yeah. get me started on the labor negotiations still. You know that. You listened to our last episode. We just got... We just spent 60 minutes talking about labor negotiations. Somebody on Twitter, I forget who it was, uh, had a funny tweet. She said, uh, it's amazing how many of you became expert labor law law experts with nothing else to do. I I botched that, but yeah, basically. True. (laughs) Also, it turns out it's not that complicated. (laughs) That's a good point. All right, so today uh, we're going to be talking about the Houston Astros owner, Jim Crane. Now, our last episode was about the Mets owner, Fred Wilpon. And the question about Fred Wilpon was, is he incompetent or is he crooked? I don't think I have the same question about Jim Crane. Jim Crane. I don't think that I have the same question about Fred Wilpon. Well, I feel like we came down hard on he is crooked. Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah. I don't think we even have the same question about Jim Crane. Right. He's crooked. Yeah. You ever see that HBO miniseries, The Jinx? Wait, I'm not sure. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Crane probably hasn't ever killed anybody, but right. if you keep getting sued for shady business practices over and over and over again, odds are you're doing shady business practices. Right. Yeah. Odds are you're doing business at a high level. That's what I think. That's a good point. You know, I'm a big fan. I don't think that, like, the Wilpons were involved in the Bernie Madoff, like, Ponzi scheme. Like, I don't think that Jim Crane is crooked like that. I think Jim Crane's just a fucking D-bag businessman. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Like, a, like stupid, racist, and, like, ridiculous, misogynistic businessman. He's got a lot of problems. You know, I'm a big fan of Bomani Jones and his podcast. And one thing that Bomani Jones said years ago that has stuck with me is that there's not a lot of good ways to make a billion dollars. Right. And that's something that I think about a lot. Yeah. You gotta fuck people over to make a billion dollars. Right. Which 
is going to come out in this hardcore. Hardcore. <laughs> yeah. All right, so here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about uh, Jim Crane, owner of the Houston Astros. So James Robert Crane was born on January 17th, 1954, in the St. Louis suburb of Delwood, Missouri. Creighton graduated high school in 1972 and attended the Central Missouri State University in upstate Warrensburg, Missouri. Go fighting mule, the mule, Central Missouri. Crane pitched in college, which is something he shares in common with Fred Wilpon, which I thought was interesting. Crane was a solid pitcher who ended his four-year career with a 21-8 record, and a 2.42 ERA. The next quote I actually got off of the Central Missouri State University website. Quote, With his rocket of a right arm, during the 1974 NCAA Division II College World Series, Crane pitched his way to a team record 18 strikeouts in a single game, including fanning 11 batters in a row. If you want to find the Jim Crane fan club, it's in Warrensburg, Missouri. <laughs> uh, the Warrensburg Mules went one and two in that World Series, which I found out later was played in Springfield, Illinois, and were eliminated after losing to the University of New Haven, Connecticut. All right. So I wanted to stop you there because okay. I feel like the highest honor that you can get at the University of New Haven, Connecticut is like convincing somebody from Yale to marry you without a prenuptial agreement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the best you can hope for at the University of New Haven. But this is D2, right? This is D2. This isn't even like D1AA. This is D2. It's like you can like pitch your way to the D2 college baseball world series and then knock up your girlfriend who happens to go to go Yale. To Yale. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's like yeah, your highest. You got it. You got it. Yeah. 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 How many, how many Yale co-eds are secretly dating baseball players from the university of New Haven? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not even secretly. That's what I'm saying. It's like if you go to New Haven University, like you should major in like dating people from Yale University. That's what I'm saying. It's like that's what your major should be if you want to succeed in this life. That's what I'm saying. Well, they got a damn good baseball team. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim Crane moved to Houston, Texas in 1980. He worked for a while as an insurance salesman, and in 1984, he borrowed $10,000 from his sister to start his own company, Eagle USA Air Freight, which was an air freight logistics business. And Sam, I couldn't figure this out. How did his sister have $10,000 to loan him? That's a question I still have, and I have not answered. I don't know. Yeah. The company's niche was in heavy freight. If Maybe he, did, he went to New Haven University. And married someone from Yale. Married someone from Yale. That's all I'm saying. George Bush. He got Bush. knocked up by somebody from Yale, yeah. John Kerry. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, Eagle Freight featured a number of services, including domestic air freight, domestic trucking, local pickup and delivery, ocean freight, international air freight, and customs brokerage. I'm only listing that because it's going to come back later in the story. Uh, Eagle also managed inventory and warehouses for some of its biggest customers. Right. And so, so, so he's on his way to becoming a billionaire. He was not right. born into wealth, right. but he, he is a scrappy motherfucker. I would give him that. Yeah. Oh, maybe at say, this point. I, mean, I don't know. I feel like scrappy is code for like shady or like, oh, like yeah. a good way of painting. I will like fucking stab you in the back. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Because that's what. Okay, we're going to get into it. Totally. Over the next 16 years, Crane used mergers and leveraged buyouts to steadily grow Eagle and expanded its operations into other markets, including energy and healthcare. But then the trouble started. In, two, in 1997, the Equal, sorry, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission began investigating Eagle for refusing to hire women or black people or creating a hostile working environment. The allegations against Eagle included Eagle President, sorry, quote, Eagle President Jim Crane told his subordinates not to hire blacks because, double quote, once you hire blacks, you have to fight, you can never fire them. End double quote. On other occasions, Crane explained the reason he wanted to keep blacks out of the company was that his top managers were bigoted and they would mistreat the minorities. <laughs> Double quote again, giving them no choice but to sue Eagle, end double quote, and told his subordinates that if they, if more coloreds were shot, there could be more federal holidays. Yeah, that's a fucked up quote. That yeah. is a fucked up quote. I'm not even sure that. <laughs> How does that have to do with his business practices? Probably nothing. I mean, no. uh, oh man, no, that's a fucked up thing. If more. That's colors, just color that he's like. I mean, sorry. I, okay, okay, let me let me walk out on a racist branch. I yeah, think please. it was. Yeah, please. Yeah, I think it was 1994, some fucked up thing like that. And he's complaining about why he has to give his employees Martin Luther King Day off. Uh, and he's like, oh, we just shoot more black people, then black people will have more days off of work. That's my guess. That's what uh, I think. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. It's fucked up. Right. Yeah, yeah that is fucked up. Ultimately, a $9 million settlement was reached with $8.5 million going to back pay and damages that were allocated to the class members, which consist of African-Americans, Hispanics, and female employees employed by Eagle at the time between December 1st, 1995 and December 30th, 2000. So, five years. Yeah. He was only racist for five years. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Eagle disputed the allegations and sued the agency, 
eventually, after a review in a num of a number of claims against the company, the EEOC returned $6 million to Eagle, according to the Houston Chronicle. Right. So, like, a, a lot of our facts tonight come from the Houston Chronicle. So, right. shout out to them. And what is fucked up about this situation is that Jim Crane recouped Six out of nine million dollars. Right. And he should be called Jim Crow, like, through this period, right? Right. Can we say that? Because this is like a Jim Crow hiring practices in right. Houston, Texas. Yeah. Right. So um, he's this piece of shit, and, and he's running this shady-ass company out of Houston, and he's like, yo, don't hire black people. Because they're lazy. Right. And, and don't, don't hire I, women. Right. Because they because can get they, pregnant. They probably could be pregnant. Yeah. And like, if they're hot, maybe I'll knock them up. Probably. <laughs> right. That's what right. I said. You know? Right. right. Yeah. And, right. And so, <clears throat> and this is the fucked up thing, right? This is like private interest holding more power than like, government oversight is like they file this claim and like can and this will come back later they can hold up this shit in court forever until somebody settles and yeah. if you're like you run out of money first then you're the person who has to settle and like that's the government in this scenario mm-hmm because the government's not as rich as Jim Crane, you know? Yeah, and that's messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because this is, this is the EEOC we're talking about, you know, not not the police department, you know? True, but yeah. let's get back into that, because other elements of the government are going to start investigating Jim Crane. Right. The other thing I want, the other thread I want to hold on to right now is... These allegations, because technically these are allegations, but they're going to follow him when he gets into the world. Right. Major League Baseball. Right. And if you, right, if you have enough lawyers, then nothing ever becomes anything other than allegations. True. Yes. All right. So this was not the end of Jim Crane's business shenanigans. From 2003 to 2006, Eagle Logistics was sued by the federal government at least four times for war profiteering. And this is a, this is a part of the story that blows my mind. So 9-11 happens. We invade Afghanistan. We invade Iraq. George W. Bush, former owner of the Texas Rangers. Right. Contracts, subcontracts. Hold on. Failed owner of the Texas Rangers. Failed. Yeah. <laughs> the Texas. It's important that we like point out the fact that he was a failed owner. Gets his buddy in Houston a subcontract to provide shipping for the United States military in Iraq. Right. Eagle Logistics, and, and so then you get war profiteering. Eagle Logistics was accused of overcharging the military 
on shipping containers sent to Iraq and Kuwait. In August of 2006, Eagle paid $4 million, which is chump change, right? That's the other thing people, that's chump change. Eagle paid $4 million to settle a civil lawsuit brought by the Department of Justice, alleging that the company had inflated the costs of military shipments to Iraq. The company had alleged, had allegedly added 50 cents for each kilogram of freight transported to Baghdad, including war-risk surcharges on shipments from Dubai to Iraq from November of 2003 to July of 2004. So the military is paying them to ship whatever. I don't know what they're shipping. To ship guns, probably, yeah. From uh, Dubai to Baghdad, and they are char- overcharging the military. Right, and uh, uh, kilogram is two point two pounds. Just FYI. So that's fifty cents for every two point two pounds. Right. So uh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Right, and the yeah. AR fifteen, just for the record, weighs three kilograms. So it's a dollar fifty per machine. Per gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, right, right. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of fucking money. Guessing it's more than four million dollars. Right. Yes. Easily. Yes. Easily four million dollars. It's like worth paying four million dollars just to make it go. To make it go away. Right. Because Jim Crane is a man who is willing to pay an unlimited amount of money to, like, keep shit going if he feels like it's worth it. Yes. Which we're still getting to. Uh, So Crane got away with it, but his regional vice president, Chris Cahill, pled guilty to inflating invoices for military shipments to Baghdad. Another executive with Eagle, Kevin Smoot, pled guilty to violating the Anti-Kickback Act. And there's going to be another theme that you're going to say, see developing, which is fucking Jim Crane throwing his uh, underlings under the bus. Oh, shit. How, what, what, was, what were they sentenced with? Any idea? That's a good question. I'll Google that. So, so Cahill pled guilty... And then Kevin Smoot pled guilty. I will agree. Right. Because it feels I like that's treason, right? It could be. Like, like it well, feels no. like it should be treason. You die for definitely treason. not. He pled yeah. for he pled guilty and then was charged with full pension. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Unlimited club access. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> All right, you look that up. We're gonna move on. You ready? Yeah, I'm going to look this up. You you move on. I'm yeah. curious now. In 2008, the Crane family attempted to purchase a baseball team. Any baseball team. He attempted to buy the Chicago Cubs first, but was outbid by Tom Ricketts, a.k.a. Yeah. Joel's nemesis. Yeah, I fucking hate that guy. So we're going to do one of these. We have to amp up your 
your like image because you can't be his nemesis unless you're also his nemesis. You know what I mean? Boy, he clearly does not know I exist. Right. He has no idea who you are. Like right. we gotta get you <laughs> in his point. face. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what can we all right. Well let's think about that. Let's think about what we can do to fuck with him via union. Like, and then, like, you can be in charge of that union. You know what I mean? I got some ideas. Yeah, I I think (laughs) it's a good idea. All right. So, first, he was outbid by Tom Ricketts for $845 million. At the time, the record high for a purchase of a baseball team. At this point, it's chump change for a baseball team, honestly. Right, which is why the owners are lying about everything. And that sale was influenced by the fact that Crane had backed out of a handshake deal by the Astros, the same team that he owns now, in 2008, which reportedly angered Rayton McLean, which is like literally the most Texas name of all time. True. Uh, who was the owner of the Astros at the time and good friend of Bud Seeley. In 2010, Crane teamed up with, uh, you know, nobody's surprise ownership celebrity Mark Cuban to buy the Rangers and lost to a group headed by Nolan Ryan and the now deposed Chuck Greenberg in a bankruptcy auction to buy the Rangers. Crane is now 0 for 3 in attempts to buy baseball teams. Right. That's important to know. So, yeah. so, so Jim Crane keeps trying to buy baseball teams, and yeah. for one reason or another, he fails. And part of that is because MLB sees him as a shady deal. Well, he, so in 2008, he had a deal to buy the Astros and backed out at the last minute. A handshake We deal. know what. I don't know what happened. Yeah. That's the, that's something we haven't figured out yet. We'll I'm follow very up with that. that. Yeah. We'll follow up with that. Yeah. But he was blackballed after that. By, uh, by the league. By the league. Right. He was outbid by the Ricketts, but he outbid the Nolan Ryan group to buy the Rangers. And because Major League Baseball was in charge of that sale, they went with uh, they went with Nolan Ryan instead of Jim Crane. Okay, okay, but to be fair, right? How many no hitters has Jim Crane thrown? I don't know. Maybe that one in the <laughs> Division <laughs> Two College World <laughs> Series, right? Like, and that wasn't just, even a no hitter, right? Would like, the, it would have said that in the Wikipedia page, if it right? Was. Yeah. Like, can you just see all the, like, baseball owners being like, yeah, we could sell for more money. Yeah. But Nolan Ryan has thrown a lot of no hitters. <laughs> it's like, oh, Nolan Ryan has struck out 6,000 people. How many yeah. people have you struck out? It's like, oh, I struck out 11 in one game. And they're like, Nolan Ryan struck out 11 in 500 <laughs> games in a row. What do you think about that? All right. Here's, here's, the another... fucked up, here's the fucked up thing. Uh-huh. Nolan Ryan is a better pitcher, probably also a better businessman. Right. And probably also a better person. Definitely a better person. 
Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know Nolan Ryan personally. Neither do you. Like, he may have a secret girl with a dragon tattoo, like, murder dungeon. Like, we don't know. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) But if you were to put Jim Crane and Nolan Ryan next to each other and be like, which one of these guys do you think has a girl with a dragon tattoo murder dungeon in their home? <laughs> Literally everyone would point at Jim Crane. Jim That's Crane. all I'm saying. Yep, yep. You ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. Yeah. Point is, is uh, the former owner of the Astros, McLean. Right. Buddies with Bud Selig, who was the commissioner of baseball at the time of that Rangers sale, and he blocked the Jim Crane bid because of his former back out on the Astros deal in 2008. That's all I was going to say. Yes, and I think that's important to note about uh, the clicks. Like, we're talking about, like, White men with billions of dollars basically behaving like high school juniors. Right. Like, are you Seelig's boy or are you Manfred's boy? And the thing is that Drayton McClain was Seelig's boy. But once Seelig was out, Jim Crane was Rob Manfred's boy. And when Seelig was out... McLean lost that leverage and lost control. No, because Jim Crane bought the Astros in 2011, and Manfred didn't become commissioner until 2014. Okay, so I'm wrong, but I'm not admitting I'm wrong. You're not wrong, but you're also not not wrong. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. That's the next point. This is the next thing I was getting to. (laughs) Jim Crane finally bought the Houston Astros in 2011. And he bought them from Drayton, also continuing to be the most white Texas name I've ever heard. I'm really a fan of the name Drayton McClain. Yeah. Drayton McClain. It sounds like a NASCAR like racetrack. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he bought them for $680 million, and it was the second highest price ever play- paid for a baseball team behind that Ricketts sale of the Cubs for $800 right. which, which Jim Crane couldn't match. Right, he couldn't match that. Yeah. Um, and also it's important to mention right now that Part of that six hundred and eighty million included forty percent of the Comcast uh, network that carried all the Astros games and all the Houston Rockets games. Yes, and Sam, you're gonna need to read that conversation because I think that's important, and I do not understand what the fuck is going on with that. <laughs> All right, so, <clears throat> all right, it is very confusing. There's yeah. like a conversation in 2008 that like led to the back out of the deal of Jim Crane. Right, like- Crane and McClain 
apparently had a handshake agreement on the sale of the Houston Astros right. in 08 that apparently Crane backed out of. Right. But we here at Dump on the Umpets don't know why. Well, I think it was based on uh, future proprietary TV network deal. That's what I can figure out. Um, which is like stand like necessary now in Major League Baseball, but like at that time it was just starting to be a thing. Um, and hold on. Uh, Sam's. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I've lost my. It's spot. okay. He's looking. He, he's doing research. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Manford, who was the executive vice president of baseball, called Crane a viable candidate. And the concerns were ultimately moot in the other eyes of the other 29 owners. That's all of his past issues. Right. Right. That was the point I was trying to badly make, is that Manfred has had Jim Crane's back. Right. There's at least 2011. Right. Well, Manfred's a big money guy. That's uh, his yeah. thing. It's like yeah. getting more money into the MLB. It's like getting the billionaires club going. Well, he's fucking himself over right now, then. Right. Or, you're right. Yes. All right. Well, Sam goes to the bathroom. Jim Crane was suing the former owner of the Astros, McLean, who we've been talking about, Drayton McLean, over what he claimed was a willful misrepresentation of local cable affiliates namely Comcast. And ladies and gentlemen, this is where we're gonna get into the weeds a lot here. So follow us please. The local Houston affiliates were not willing to pay the fees to carry the to carry the regional network. And Jim Crane was insisting that only 40% of the Astros market was covered either by the network and that McClain knew it. So essentially, Crane, Jim Crane, is accusing McClain, great McClain, of underrepresenting the coverage of the TV network. Quoting Jim Crane, we now face a situation well, either we accept millions of dollars in losses each year with the damage to this franchise and the city for the next 20 years, or we fight back, Crane said via the Associated Press. Quote, I did not buy this team to have a low payroll and to be mediocre. Footnote, yes, he did. Right, right. Yes, he did. <laughs> we the bought the team to win championships, and we bought part of this network so our fans can watch the game. 
Okay, the important context for that entire lawsuit is that uh, 2011, the year that Jim Crane bought the team, was the inception of the locally controlled regional Houston Astros Comcast right. network. Wait, the right? Cubs are doing the same thing now. Right. Like, so it's, yeah. it's not like he was a kid, like Jim, like uh, Drayton McClain was like fudging the numbers from previous years of revenues from their TV network. Like, Everything involved in the sale was a projected number, right? Just a hypothetical number. Well, it, it always is, right? Right, but there was no context, like no background to go on because there was no con- like team-controlled coverage network that they were selling to regional cable networks. And the like, his lawsuit was claiming that the former owner who created the TV station, which, for the record, filed for bankruptcy in 2013, <laughs> which is the year that he filed this lawsuit against the former owner, um, never, like he's saying that the former owner knew that the network would tank. Yeah, yeah. Right. And meanwhile, he, in control of the team, was tanking the team. He was tanking the team. Right. The Houston Astros of the early 2010s were the original tankers. Right. We're going to talk about that. Uh, But then they did win a World Series, but they cheated Right, but they've, like, been in the World Series, like, every year. I know what you're saying. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, Comcast reply. The Comcast reply is that, quote, it appears that Mr. Crane is suffering from an extreme case of buyer's remorse and aiming to blame the network's challenges on anything but his own actions. Comcast slash NBC Universal looks forward to vindicating itself in this litigation and also remains committed to a reorganization of the network in bankruptcy court. Right? So this What's is that mean? Network is filing for bankruptcy. ownership is under Jim Crane. He's blaming everything on the guy who made the deal, right? Because, like, McClain, under Bud Selig's, like, wing, made the deal with Comcast and sold the team for, like, a massive upsell, right? Yes. Okay. Right. But because that, 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 that was the thing. That's what was happening in like the like early 2000, 2010s is that all of these teams were signing proprietary deals with uh, local cable networks to carry their games exclusively. Do you remember this? This was like no, such a big remember. thing. I do remember this. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to figure this out in my head because... Right. 
because the the owners want to have their cake and eat it too. That's the fucking problem. Right? The owners are like, I'm not making any money on my team, but I'm going to sell my team for, you know, 2,000% more than I bought it for. Right. And I'm not going to put any money into it in between. And that's what Jim Jim, Jim Crane has been doing. What is that? Is that an IPA? No, it's a seltzer. Okay. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's the way yeah. that it works, right? Um, but it's like baseball teams used to be just baseball teams. And now every single baseball team is paired directly with a broadcasting partner, uh, which is like rockets their... Like, exponentially rockets their value up right. every single year. And Bob Manfred is like the architect of that. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Right. And so and so the, the like fucked up thing is that uh, these owners, Jim Crane, bought the Astros in 2011, right? And promised a new day which he eventually delivered on. He did. But before he did that, he, like, led the Astros to three last-place finishes. Three, sorry, not last-place finishes. Three 100-game-plus yeah. in a row. Lead nine. Yeah, which is a... Yeah, okay. Sorry. <clears throat> no, because that's what you're talking about. No, it is. Yeah. But, it, you know... Just want to give a little context. Yeah. So, uh, McLean, the former owner of the team, countersued Crane. That's so confusing. God, I know it's God. hard. Yeah, this is fucking hard. Yeah, McLean and yeah, this is like, this is like a like a Scottish Highlands like neighborhood battle. You know what I mean? It's like yes. McLean and Crane. Uh, so anyway McLean countersued Crane for purposefully tanking the Astros in order to devalue the cable network that's huge which is like undeniably true Uh, whatever Crane did it worked in 2013 Forbes reported the Astros were the most profitable franchise in Major League Baseball 99 million. Like they were tanking in 2013. Right. They were they, that was their third year, 2011, 2012, 2013. They didn't win more than 60 games. Right. Right. That was fucked up. Right. Yeah. Which is bad. And bad it's like for baseball, bad for Rob Manfred, bad for fans. Yeah. So, but in 2013, Forbes reported that they had $99 million in operating income, or like in layman's terms, $100 million in profit. Um, And it's interesting because like baseball says that that's operating income, you know, 
on the assumption that all of the money goes back into the team. Um, but they're lying. They're lying about that. Right. Well, no, or they're not. Like, back into the team could be, like, directly into their pocket because, like, Jim Crane is the operating, like, executive of Houston Astros. So because, like, Ricketts and DeWitt, the owner of the Cardinals, have been like, well, every dollar we make, we put back into the team. Right. Which could literally mean their pockets. Yes. Right. Or they just, like, operate at a, like, on-paper loss for the fucking Chicago Cubs. Yeah, fuck the Cubs. Yeah, fuck the Cubs. Anyway. Um... Anyway, operating income and profit are the same time. Same thing. They're making a profit. They're making yeah. a profit. There there is work. Work. No, and like in 2013, $99 million in operating income. For the worst team in baseball. Right. For the worst team in baseball for the third straight year was the most ever by a baseball team. And that was the year that he sued the former owner for uh, uh, whatever the fuck it was. Commercial yeah, yeah. malfeasance? I don't know what the fuck. Yeah. I can look that up, but I'm not going to. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> At that point, the Astros have gone 56 and 106, 55 and 107, and 51 and 111 leading up to that time. Another part, though, is that the club isn't even available to over half the market on television, according to Crane. And he was misled on that front, hence he filed the lawsuit. So he filed the lawsuit claiming that he was missing 60% of his revenues in television broadcast revenue on the same year that he recorded the highest ever to that point operational income operational revenue whatever the fuck they call profit in Major League Baseball ever. Here's the point I want to make before we get off task. Is that a team that's going that is not winning 60 games a year a baseball team. Right. 56, 55, 51. Fine. They are also the most profitable team in baseball. Right. That's a problem. Well, that it has to do with their operational revenue versus their like market availability, man. That's fucking Houston, Texas. That year, 2000. Uh, Fuck, I don't know what it, their payroll for 14. players was in 2013, but their play, payroll for t- players in 2014 was $20 million. Right. Yeah, they went to Home Depot and hired a bunch of guys. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, like, Mike Trout's payroll at the end of this year, in which he may never even play a fucking single game, it's going to be around $20 million. Yeah. Okay, so how do we as fans of baseball change this? How do we force 
faithful franchises to field winning teams. I mean, I feel like Jim Crane has like proved that there's no like you can field a losing team as long as you promise to field a winning team. Like Would until you, you prove a negative, yeah. like yeah. you can't false like prove a positive, you know what I mean? And like the fact like <clears throat> maybe we get into this later. No, we don't. The fact that like Rob Manfred has like absolutely put no blame for the 2017 Astros cheating scandal on fucking Jim Crane, the rapist. Like, there's no there's no incentive for owners to not just like, you know, ride their team down while riding their profits up. You're right, and that makes me mad. Right. Yeah. So eventually the Houston Astros would overcome their financial deficiencies and win the World Series in 2017. Right. Well, no, I mean, it's also important to say that, like, in 2017, the Astros were the second highest paid team in Major League Baseball or possibly the highest paid in Major League Baseball. Right. You got to pay your play. Right. If um, you want to win. If you want to win championships. Yeah. But if you, like... Don't care. If you can prove bankruptcy first, then you have unlimited money that you don't ever have to pay fucking taxes on. God damn. Yeah. I don't... Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, I'm just... Wondering if I should even finish this paragraph. <laughs> no, go ahead. Do it. Uh, uh, setting the unfortunate precedent for other MLB teams to try their hand at purposefully tanking. We're getting you Kansas City, Chicago, so many other teams. Kansas City won. Hmm? Yeah. Can I don't know. I don't know if they were purposefully tanking, though. What do you think? Well, I don't know. They've like never spent money since. Like they, you know. Right, but they got it. They got their. <laughs> got their what? They never spent. They never. I spend really money. respect kids. <laughs> I really do. Right. They got. They got a Super Bowl too. Right. Dude, if you're living in Kansas City right now, you're like, yo, we got ours. Anyway, however, it wasn't just the skills of GM Jeff Lunau or bench coaches Alex Cola or Carlos Delgado. The Astros also managed to win the World Series by cheating. When Jim Crane was confronted by reporters rampant cheating that the organization that he runs perpetuated during its 2017 championship season. The worst scandal in the sports history. That's per SI.com. I don't actually agree with that. But yeah. Crane insisted with a straight face I don't think I should be held accountable. 
Yeah. Well, he didn't think he should be held accountable for tanking that cable network either. Exactly. Right. And, yeah. like, he did. Yeah. It was up to him. Yeah. And he tanked it. He did. And yeah. Okay, okay. So here's... And intentionally, here's the, he did. Here's the question. Is he a bad owner? I mean... For the franchise or for, like, the sport in general? Effectively. Like, is he effectively a bad I mean, he just bought his team in 2011, so it's way too early to, like, judge his impact on the game as a whole. But, like, I would say in the early running, yes. Yeah. Um, Because... A, the cheating scandal, which is like a black eye that not even this coronavirus and like uh, labor dispute is going to like gloss over. Um, But also because, you know, the, the like business practice of tanking your team, bankrupting your cable network, suing the former owner. And then, like, building from there is not sustainable. Right. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, like, you know, he has a business practice. But, like, this season's over. His best pitcher, Justin Verlander, fucking amazing Hall of Fame pitcher. Right, but maybe not anymore. Yeah. And now still. But point is, he uh, he's not going to be able to build this team again, right? Like he had a plan for like short term success and it's not going to like it's not going to be sustainable. Especially not after you know, the antitrust exemption gets revoked. Which we're pushing for. So. Right. Which we're pushing for and which is going to, like, aggressively devalue Major League Baseball teams. Right. That's the yeah. idea. That yeah. would be great. Anyway, so if you were Jordan Dub on the um, Baseball League. Right. American Baseball League? What are we calling it? No rules. Wait, no. That's our tagline. XLP. No. (laughs) No, I don't want to be associated with Vince McMahon, not for one second. (laughs) But like, uh, major, major league baseball league. There you go. Yeah, MMLB. (laughs) We will accept any of you baseball players into our league. Right. Uh, we will pay you zero dollars, and we will take zero dollars. Right. Because we're broke. Yeah, we'll find investors. We'll get some. We'll get from some like YouTube channels together. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. You got to start somewhere. I think they get one hundred percent of ticket uh, of gate gate receipts, which right. is like twenty dollars. Right. You know what we should do is like uh, get 
the names of people people were going to draft in rounds six through 40 of the Major League Baseball draft that Major League Baseball fucking gutted for no reason. And we should call them up and just be like, hey, yeah, we have to pick up games in Prospect Park. Yeah, we're going to like put them on TV and everyone's going to fucking go crazy for them. Let's do it. Right. And then and then we're going to hire a lawyer to like bring antitrust, you know, lawsuits against Major League Baseball. I know you're joking. I'm not joking. But Joe. You're this not is joking. serious shit. <laughs> anyway, do you know any lawyers? Yes. Yeah. I don't know any lawyers who are like <laughs> friendly some. towards me anyway. <laughs> I get the lawyers. I get the lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if like if my legacy could be like I was the podcast that took antitrust exemption away from Major League Baseball, I would like die in that fiery hell. Yeah, that's you what, know what I mean. Yeah, jump on the up, you hashtag hashtag get rid of the fucking antitrust laws. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. All right. The moral of a story is Jim Crane, not a good guy. Yeah. I hope, like, hearts out to Houston, who's, like, fucking getting record number of coronavirus cases every day. Right, and Florida. Right, yeah. And both states are, like, aggressively reopening. Sad. It's really like, not like. Act. Sorry, shouldn't say sad. It has been appropriate. It's super sad. It's super sad. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's get the hell out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Dumb on the Up. We are ostensibly a baseball podcast. If you're listening to us on Apple iTunes, give us a rating, a review, and or a subscription. Yo, yell at me on Twitter. I will fight you if you yeah. do. Will. At Dump on the Up. We got Facebook page. We got Instagram page. We love the people. Hands up. Don't shoot. <laughs> yeah. No justice, no peace. There we go. Yeah. Good night, everybody.